Hi, you're listening to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network on the internet, broadcasting from two shipping containers outside Roberta's Pizza at 261 Moore Street in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Today's show is produced by Jack Inslee and engineered by Nat Wiener and sponsored by Hearst Ranch. I'm Carmen DeVito. And I'm Alice Marcus Krieg. And we are the ladies of Groundworks, Inc. We design and build gardens in New York City and the surrounding area. And this show aims to bring the culture to horticulture. Now today we're going to be talking about our little corner of the world, Brooklyn, and a little bit about its past and present land use and the future of green spaces with two special guests. Today we have Brooklyn Borough President Marty Markowitz and Elizabeth Ernish, um, her, his Parks and Environmental Specialist. Now if you live in New York City, Marty needs no introduction. For those of you who aren't so lucky, Marty is in his third <laughs> term. <laughs> Marty's in his third term as borough president and was born and raised right here in Brooklyn and of course went to Brooklyn College. He's been a tireless promoter of Brooklyn as a great place to live, work, and to visit. Welcome, Marty and Elizabeth. Thank Thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting us. So, so many people now think of Brooklyn as a destination quite apart from Manhattan. And in effect, for most of its history, it was. For most of its history, it was a self-sufficient entity, producing enough food not only to feed its inhabitants, but also sell the excess to less productive areas in the region. Like Manhattan. Yes, less productive. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't want to say it, Marty, but yes, it's true. (laughs) Let Marty say it. Yes. Now, as recently as 150 years ago, Brooklyn was one of the most significant agricultural counties in the United States. In fact, Queens and Kings County combined were the top two counties in market garden production in the United States. That means market garden is sort of not wheat and corn, those intensive crops, but, you know, the vegetables and potatoes and things like that. That southern slope of land running to the sea known as Flatbush, Flatlands, New Utrecht, and New Lots was prime farmland that grew the potatoes, corn, wheat, and of course other vegetables. And fed the engine of, of New York City. New York, mm-hmm. right. And those farms were horse and horse manure powered. Now, Brooklyn also at that time had abundant forests uh, with the arrival of the Dutch, but that was soon to change. Whatever forest was left had been ordered cut down by the English king when they took over, so that by the time the British left the island in 1783, scarcely a stick, except for a small oak wood out near Jamaica, had escaped the axe. Now, since then, of course, as Brooklyn got absorbed into New York City and the the various building booms began, we lost our way and we lost our connection to our agricultural legacy. But now that is beginning to change, from community gardens such as East New York Farms to full-fledged farms such as Eagle Street Farm on a rooftop in Greenpoint, Brooklyn is once again leading the way. In fact, leaders from the Sustainable Development Unit from the United Nations recently toured four Brooklyn farms to get ideas and inspiration for projects all over the world. So urban farming is putting Brooklyn on the food map again. What initiatives do you both think the office can support to encourage that trend? Well, I mean, I for one would love to uh, love to see it continue to expand, uh, whether it's roofs, rooftop, rooftops or abandoned uh, properties uh, in a significant part of Brooklyn. I think it's a, a proper reuse of, uh, of uh, available land <coughs> to grow um, uh, and to provide uh, economic development because the products that are grown mm-hmm. uh, could be sold to restaurant food purveyors. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a very positive thing that's happened in the borough 
uh, by those that are would like to see the greening of Brooklyn once again. I must tell you, Governor's Island was also uh, always closer to Brooklyn, although it belongs to <laughs> New York County. I don't it's know how true. that happened, but the farmers in Brooklyn would graze their cattle, mm -hmm. graze the cows uh, on Governor's Island in the, many years ago. And of course, the big mistake, biggest mistake, was 1898 when Brooklyn became consolidated right. into what we now call the city of New York. Of course, right. I had been mayor of Brooklyn at that time, but never would have happened. <laughs> I'm sure. We would have the vote would have been clearly uh, keeping Brooklyn as an independent city. But the truth of the matter is, certainly since I've been borough president, uh, I've watched uh, and marvelled at the amount of green gardening that's going on, um, uh, community groups that sponsor uh, mm -hmm. uh, spaces for gardening, and uh, and uh, especially in, uh, like you said, East New York where a lot of the product is, is provided to people that are low income uh, and they have an extra source of food, which is a very good thing. And in Red Hook, too, so, yep. the big Keep, farm yep. in Red Hook. Yeah. Where Elizabeth, uh, you're right. most familiar. That's right. Yeah. And, and Marty hopefully will be attending the Harvest Festival there on October 16th. That's Terrific. one of their biggest events. Good. Yeah. I, um, I remember the people that started that farm. I was d designing gardens for the public libraries at that time through a nonprofit called the Horticultural Society. And they came to our first community meeting and they said, we're going to do a little farm and, you know, we'd like to have some of your compost. And I said, sure. And now that, that farm is unbelievable when you go. The harvest and the produce that comes out of it and the job training that they're providing for the neighborhood kids and, and clearly it's a model for the rest of the nation it for, sure is. for sure and the only thing i wanted to add is that the real four uh forefathers of the urban garbage uh farming movement in brooklyn would be our community gardens yes mm -hmm. and it's brooklyn true. Has, they, we have over 300 community gardens and we need to make sure that they're protected and supported because that's that's really the engine of the green movement and of course it's always the battle between development and sure it is a fine line and and brooklyn still has some open space that could not be much not <laughs> not much, not much, but we do have some open space, and we have to have an imaginative reuse of space. So whether it be like roof gardens where where that could be converted, then we have to look at that because there's, we're quickly running out of land in this borough. Right. That's why people are going to the roof. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Right. So I was just wondering, maybe there's some kind of incentive that we can give farmers, urban farmers, somehow to... Um, you know, encourage the the use of that roof space. I know that there's incentives for green roofs, but maybe there should be. I'm just putting it out there. Incentives well, for I mean, edible roofs. You know? Listen, I mean, I know we've it's been a approached. Tasty idea. Yeah. <laughs> we've been approached. I know there are some schools that Absolutely. are going into the edible playgrounds there. Yes. That they visited me. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, it's in Bensonhurst. If I'm not mistaken, yes. Bensonhurst. Gravesend. 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 Right. Gravesend. The Alice Where, Water. The Alice yeah. Waters project. So I know they visited us, and I'm enthused about it. Plus, I pledged. You know, once they're ready, I'd like to provide some capital funds. In fact, I may have already some capital funds to make their project possible. So I think uh, it's, it's... That's a great support. You can't, you can't stop. This is a good thing. This yeah. is something that we all ought to applaud. And I'm thrilled to be uh, part of that effort in Brooklyn in my position. That's good. In fact, Marty, there's a garden, actually a farm over your head right now yes. here at Roberta's. I, I see. Marty is sitting in a container, as I said. Yes. Basil and rosemary. Growing <laughs> above his head right now as we speak. In Roberta's, which is not your grandpa's pizzeria, I'll tell you. No. That's right. Very different. Yes, go ahead. 
So besides um, edible gardens, let's talk a little bit about new parks and green spaces planned for Brooklyn. I know a lot of people are excited about Brooklyn Bridge Park and all the waterfront parks. Can you elaborate a little bit on that and what's what the plan is for that? Well, the Brooklyn Bridge Park is something we should celebrate it uh, because uh, it has made a dramatic difference already. Mm-hmm. Besides a great uh, a place for parents and young and their kids that live in the immediate area, visitors are coming not only all over from Brooklyn, but all over the world. It's an instant tourist attraction and uh, even will help economic development-wise in terms of restaurants and retail because of the visitors that we're getting, not just during the summer, but I believe year-round. It's just an absolutely gorgeous site. The Brooklyn Greenway is one that I'm very excited about, where folks will be able to really take in the dynamic waterfront that we have from the Williamsburg Bridge all the way down to Sunset Park and celebrate uh, you know, the fact that Brooklyn is three quarters covered by water. Mm-hmm. When I was a boy, other than Coney Island, the only open water I knew was the uh, hydrants that were left open <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the man-made lake in Prospect Park. Right. Yes. Today, I'm happy increasingly this city and this borough have taken back their waterfront. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, whether they're building housing or esplanades or bike paths, uh, a combination of things are really in parks, open spaces, uh, such as in Greenpoint, it is a it's a wonderful way to celebrate a natural resource that has been closed for generations and generations to Brooklynites and New Yorkers. It's true. I grew up in New York as well, and all the waterfront was just empty warehouses for a very Industry. very long time, yeah. and it was very sad to see that because that was the foundation of our city, and to be and I think most people, as Marty was saying, were disconnected from the water. They were not connected to it. They didn't understand that it was really an aquatic city. You know? Or it was just, it was a source of income because they worked on the docks. So they didn't see it as a viable place to live mm-hmm. as you do when you go to Chicago and you see that beautiful waterfront all along Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all about industry and economics. But well, now it's. We still have to keep. We still have to keep economics and industry. Sure. Because we need the jobs uh, for the future and. Now, on a personal note, I, 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 I have great concerns about the future of our country that is more and more based purely on service mm-hmm. and not on manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And that worries me in the future because there will always be residents that are not able to, for whatever reason, receive those higher technical education mm-hmm. and that you have to have jobs for them as well. Mm-hmm. And we have to have a mixed economy rather than purely service and finance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hope we'll correct that in the days ahead. It might indeed be uh, some sort of new agricultural, mm-hmm. uh, greening, all these new industries that may pave the way for the future. We will pave the way and be able to create the jobs that we desperately need for tomorrow. Elizabeth, you might want to add some of the new parks. Uh, oh, sure. I uh, mean, basically, Box Street. Uh, absolutely. We'll, we'll have city parks all along the uh, Greenpoint-Williamsburg uh, waterfront from Newtown Creek all the way down to the Williamsburg Bridge. And all those gardeners will need to be employed. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, the Burr President already mentioned Brooklyn Bridge Park, but the, the Brooklyn Waterfront Greenway, I can't emph- emphasize this enough, it's basically going to be a green ribbon wrapping the East River all along uh, Greenpoint Williamsburg, Brooklyn Heights, Columbia Street Waterfront, Red Hook, Sunset Park, and Bay Ridge. And, and not since uh, Frederick Law, Olmsted, ha- and the um, Ocean Parkway mm-hmm. malls are, have we seen such an, an investment in infrastructure. Uh-huh. And then there's another waterfront park that really isn't on the radar screen much in Brooklyn, and I, I always feel the need to mention it because I think it's such an exciting project. Um, the uh, the old 
Pennsylvania Avenue uh, landfill, which is way, way out yes, there. This yes. is a fa- this is an only in Brooklyn story. It used to be a dump. Uh-huh, I a remember dump, smelling it. And now they're in the process <laughs> of converting it to parkland. Great. And it will be run by the National Park Service. That's 440 acres of waterfront park. Wow. So that's an only in Brooklyn story. Yeah. What, what a dump yeah. to pristine uh, wilderness and waterfront. And you can watch the egrets dive and fish. And When do you, you think know. that will be open? Because I've seen the progress every time I drive it the ta- Belt Parkway. It, the remediation takes about eight years. Yeah, obviously sure. you have to have the membrane tight. You have to make sure there's no seepage. But I, I, I definitely think within the next year or two that there will be limited public access. So mm-hmm. that's really exciting. And mm-hmm. beyond that. Yeah. Uh, more and more for the public, which Ab- would be great. Absolutely. So basically, you're saying we'll, someone will be able to ride their bike from Greenpoint to Bay Ridge and, bas- beyond. and beyond, and beyond, yeah, without stopping, without having to, you know, stop at a red light. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of stopping, right now we have to take a quick break. We'll be back with Marty Markowitz, the Brooklyn Borough President, in one second. Thanks for listening. Listening to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network. That was the Kinks, Better Things. So back to uh, Marty's office. Uh, we want to talk a little bit more about things that are going on in Brooklyn with regard to greening. So, um, as a native and a long-term resident of Brooklyn, what are some of your favorite undiscovered green spaces in our borough, Marty? Well, I tell you, uh, the last year or so, I've enjoyed uh, the Salt March Nature Center. Uh, in the Marine Park area of Brooklyn. It's an extension of Marine Park. They have some very interesting programs there. Great for kids, by the way. I don't have mm-hmm. any children. I have a parrot, and that <laughs> qualifies to me. He's my son and my only son at nine years of age. He'd only appreciate it if I let his feathers uh, grow out and he'd fly away. But, uh, <laughs> but I have to say it's a beautiful location. Uh, the Narrows Botanic Gardens. I mean, yes. we love our Brooklyn Botanic Gardens. Yeah. Scott Medbury and the whole team. It's truly one of the most beautiful green spaces in America. But on a, on a much smaller level, Narrows Botanic Gardens, Botanical Gardens are really a way to uh, be in the middle of a 
dynamic neighborhood like Bay Ridge. And that was started by a community gardener. I bet you. Yeah, which is actually a friend of of Carmen and myself from the gardening world Mm -hmm. industry. So, yeah. Several times a year I get invited to the cricket field at Spring Creek uh, Park, Uh which I think is another very, very interesting area. Uh, And... uh, Brooklyn College campus, by the way. I know it sounds crazy, but it's got to be one of the most beautiful campuses, uh, urban campuses in America. And that big, beautiful open space—it's—it's right. it's a real gem, right in the center of Brooklyn. Yeah, people don't think about that. A quadrangle—you oh. know—having a quadrangle in Brooklyn, yeah. you know, like, like yeah. ivy-clad buildings and everything. I tell you, when I went to school, I was telling uh, Elizabeth on the way over here, it was pristine and gorgeous. And then, of course, I went to school in the wonderful '60s. Uh, graduated in 1970, and uh, the height of the anti-war effort was right. uh, really, I mean, and the campus was thrashed, I have to tell you, mm-hmm. and I'm so happy that over the years they've restored it beautifully, and uh, it's certainly a great asset for the borough. But I, I must tell you, uh, even getting down the Gateway, gateway uh, Floyd Benefield, uh, you'll find a lot of green farmers down there doing mm-hmm. their thing, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of green spaces, and that's in so many ways well kept and that's beautiful so i think you know we have we need more but we brooklynite should be proud of a lot of the green spaces that we have and i want to add one green space that i think people don't think about but that's greenwood cemetery that's one oh, of my favorite oh green. yes indeed now, not just for dead people no, anymore no, I agree with you. <laughs> although i must tell you that's my final landlord a hundred years from now and marty I you're gonna be tree. in great company and i chose the yeah. tree i chose the area under a big tree because i don't like the sun i don't like sun too much <laughs> i i burn very easily uh-huh. so i've already got the spot but like i said a hundred years from now that's right. Well, I'm sure it'll still be there. <laughs> I have no doubt. That's well, I know Greenville will still be there, that's for sure. Anyway. <laughs> Elizabeth, um, so much focus has been placed on development here in North Brooklyn, uh, Greenpoint, Williamsburg, for example. But what about the um, very southern tip of Brooklyn, one of our favorite places in Carmen's neighborhood, Coney Island? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's so talk about Coney Island. Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't think about Coney Island when you when you when you hear parks. But right. in fact, the, that community district has over 400 acres of open space and the beach itself is close to 250. Mm-hmm. So it's got, a, I mean, you got a lot of wide open spaces and mm-hmm. there's a lot of exciting developments going on clearly. Um, not Spurred by the Coney Island rezoning, uh, we'll see new parks such as uh, Steeplechase Plaza. Mm-hmm. We'll see the renovation of really valuable neighborhood parks such as Kaiser Park, mm-hmm. um, Asser Levy Park, mm-hmm. um, renovation of the boardwalk, which, you know, the boardwalk is every Everything in Coney Island. Yeah. The yeah. Coney I'm Island so without the boardwalk is that. like, you know, yeah. Aspen without the slopes. I mean, right. that's kind of the, our whole kit and caboodle. Right. So there's just a lot of exciting things going on. And Coney Island w- was and will always be the playground of America. Sure. Um, and uh, it'll be a new Coney Island, one that I hope will be year-round rather than just seasonal, mm-hmm. with indoor and outdoor amusements for kids, hotels, I hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny thing is... the. As much as we move ahead, we go back to yesterday. There was a time when we had the hotels down there. Uh, Sheepset Bay had hotels. And here we go, slowly but surely, uh, you know, turning the wheel uh, from the past to the future. Yeah, kind of modern-day Frederick Law Olmsted mm-hmm. development and, and reuse of space and really community Bringing organization. Bringing back the, the course, carousel. Exactly. Of course, a lot of it, of course, uh, we're in challenging economic times and... Uh, but I know it'll come around, 
and uh, this city will once again uh, flourish. Mm -hmm. It's flourishing now, but we'll have the economic power, ability to be able to make the major investments uh, that you need for infrastructure and Coney Island. You'll always need in New York and the Northeast a kind of unique entertainment and amusement space uh -huh. that Coney Island and the beaches represent. Yeah. You go to any of the private amusement parks, you have to pay a fortune to get in. They are so expensive. And here, yes. yeah. even if you have no money, you can at least do the people watching, walk up and down. Yeah. And that it's open, it's accessible. And uh, that makes certainly the beaches, afternoon. the beaches yep. are free. Uh, and it's a way for families of every income level to get together. And you need that. You need the socialization of folks, ethnic diverse and income diverse. Mm -hmm. That's what makes Brooklyn, Brooklyn. It's yeah. very gratifying, to, you know, as a long-term resident to see people, to see people half my age, you know, people from Williamsburg and Greenpoint going down and being excited and, and with their camp. Their, and riding their bikes. Riding their bikes. Down. And, you know, taking photos in front of, like, iconic yeah, things yeah. that I grew up with that I'm used to you know that I kind of take for granted you know I go there in the winter because I'm five minutes away but it's really exciting to see an entire new generation be that involved with Coney Island and to, to see it as a really special place not just the beach yeah you well know? I think every community really um, uh, values green open space and community involvement that's what makes Brooklyn so special I think that's why what do they say? One in every eight people you meet in the world has lived in Brooklyn. And it's true. Brooklyn really sets the bar and the tone, I think, for cutting edge design, ideas, people, community. Well, I can tell you, when I have a few times I've been out of the country, and one comes to mind, uh, I believe it was in, uh, it was in, uh, yeah, it was in the Netherlands, and they brought me to some schools. And the minute they introduced me, they said, this is president of Brooklyn, New York, <laughs> and all of a sudden the kids made the sign like hip-hop yeah. right in front of me, <laughs> yeah, you know? Brooklyn so, is everywhere. I mean, there's no question. No sleep till no, Brooklyn. That's right. there's, there's no question that the Brooklyn brand is truly so well-known across America and the world, and that's why I'm thrilled in two years, um, for 50-some-odd years, the children of Brooklyn did not have a national team. I was blessed to have the Brooklyn Dodgers in my life. And although it took years of fighting and years of agita, uh, we will have the Brooklyn Nets, our own national basketball team. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you right now, Brooklyn will be swept up with the enthusiasm of this team. Win or lose, it'll make a mark, it'll make a, a positive um, contribution to the lives of young people and their parents in the days to come. I'm very, very excited about it. Yeah, it's good. So, um, Elizabeth, anything else you want to add about green space? Well, I just want to give a little, uh, a funny little Marty story, if I may. Please, yeah. Uh, the, about six years ago, the borough president started a pro program called the Neighborhood Beautification Fund. And it's a very humble little program. It allows block associations and civic organizations to apply for these beautiful wrought iron guards. Mm -hmm. We and got one. My block got one. Oh, there you go. My block got one. Full disclosure. Okay, good, good, good. Um, so you know what I'm talking about. It, yeah. really, it was very modest. And uh -huh. it has taken off like, taken off like unbelievable. And, and, and not only like in a kind of feel good, everybody's planting their hearty moms and talking about mulch, but we've kind of... It, we've changed the language on how tree pits are treated in New York City. Sure. And when we first started the program, um, 
you know, there was a little hesitancy. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't change the tree pit dimensions. It had to be five <laughs> by five. That's what I kept yeah. hearing. And yeah. we know that that's not good for tree roots. We know that's not good for side, you know, pushing up the sidewalks. And we know that's not good for anything you plant in the tree pit. Right. So we kind of kept pushing gently, gently. Can we make the tree pits larger, larger? And now the standard is five by nine. I know. And I really think that's like a total Marty treatment that we have transformed very low cost. Yeah. Very makes everybody happy. We have changed our streetscape. Yeah. And uh, to me, that's really remarkable. And mm-hmm. and also how it brings that community gardening brings people together. Mm-hmm. You have intergenerational, all different types that come together and plant in their street pits now. Yeah. And to me, that's like that. It, it just doesn't get any better. Than and when that. you add the greenest block in yeah. Brooklyn program yeah. that Which we co-sponsor <laughs> with the yeah. Brooklyn Botanic Garden. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, the hundreds of blocks that are involved and growing. Yeah. Uh, there's no question that. Uh, and the pride we, that yes. people have when they've. We, our objective is clear at Borough Hall. We want to make the rest of America green with envy of Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Very nicely said. Well, that's a really good way to end the show. Um, I want to just note that if you want to find out more about. Brooklyn, specifically its agriculture. There's a great book called Of Cabbages and Kings County, mm-hmm. Agriculture and the Formation of Modern Brooklyn by Mark Linder and Lawrence S. Zacharias. And I'd like to just say that, you know, as Marty was saying and Elizabeth was saying, Brooklyn is being remade and reinvented daily. There's much that we can also learn from studying its history as planners, as policymakers, and as citizens gather to plan a new future with green belts, open public spaces, and pedestrian car-free zones. Let's remember the basis of our prosperity, agriculture, and find a place for it close to home again. I'd like to thank Marty and Elizabeth for being on the show. Uh, we Dig Plants. You can join us on our Facebook fan page, Groundworks Inc. We Dig Plants. We'd love your feedback, and we'll be posting some great resources on this topic. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the garden. Thank you. Thanks for listening.